Welcome to the My Buddy Green podcast. I'm Jason Wachab, founder and co-CEO of My Buddy Green and your host. Hey guys, hope you are all doing well or as well as you can be. Our guest today in this very special episode is Dr. Aviva Ram, who we've had in the podcast before. And she's a medical doctor, midwife, and herbalist who bridges the best of traditional wisdom and modern medicine for women's and children's health, which is, you know, an area that's very top of mind right now as a man who is surrounded by women with my wife, my mother, and our two little girls. And it is great to have here to to talk about COVID-19 and and some of the things that are top of mind for me, Aviva. I'm going to start with my first question. You know, so many people in the My Buddy Green community, we all lean toward natural but at the same time, there's you had so many great blog posts on your on your website about this. There's so much nonsense out there. And without going down the rabbit hole of the nonsense out there, in your opinion, what are some of the more natural steps that those who want to take a natural approach should consider? And I'll, I'll talk about like the four buckets. There's lifestyle foods, nutrients, and herbs. Maybe we start with lifestyle. Yeah. You know, Jason, if you don't mind me just saying too, um, you know, you mentioned there being a lot of nonsense and there's so much unknown right now. So I would say one way that folks can kind of almost automatically spot something being nonsense is if somebody's saying this is a cure for COVID or this is proven to be a cure for COVID because until we hear otherwise right now, it's all speculative and, and, So that should be a red flag. So lifestyle, I mean, the biggest thing that those of us who can shelter at home um, can do is to shelter at home. The best way to prevent getting sick right now is to not be exposed. And so that's sort of a basic thing. And then all of the things that we're being told, like hand washing, making sure you're doing that properly. It seems so simplistic in a way, but really, like we know that this virus, for example, has a fatty outer layer. And so good soap and water, particularly that soap, um, liquid soap or bar soap can actually help break up that fatty layer. So if you do get contaminated on your hands, you're not touching your eyes and touching your mouth and your nose and all the ways that we self-infect with these fomites. So lifestyle, that's really important. I think also staying really connected, right? We all know, we all talk about how stress and loneliness Um, can affect our immune systems. I mean, that's real. And we're all being exposed to a lot of stress and isolation right now. So for me, like in my life, I'm doing a lot more um, connecting through my social media to kind of my, my bigger audience. But then each day I'm making sure to get on the phone or have a FaceTime with at least two people that I reach out to either, you know, like a family member and a friend trying to touch them with my kids each day. Um, But also like just really have not just that texting, but making sure that you're actually getting some face-to-face time, even if it's virtual face-to-face, it's so healthy for us. So um, that's lifestyle food. Well, the other thing with lifestyle too, I would say is it's really stressful to be home all the time if you're not used to that. So, you know, there are so many good Instagram posts now from folks about like how to schedule your life as an entrepreneur. A lot of us like me, I mean, I've been doing work as an entrepreneur online and medical care through telemedicine for years now. So you have to kind of get used to the ebb and flow of your life. And I find that 
keeping some amount of a regular schedule. You know, unless you like hanging out in your yoga clothes and sweatpants or pajamas all day, get dressed. And then that kind of brings us to food, Um, you know, really taking the time to nourish ourselves. And if you're staying at home or if you're going out preparing food, if you've never learned to cook, it's a great time. And it's a great time to also get scrappy because like, no, like literally scrappy because we're kind of working with what we have in our pantries. Um, Get creative, have fun, but really stay nourished. And when it comes to preventing infection, the basic things that we do know are that getting plenty of good quality protein and lots of fruits and vegetables, which may be a little bit more scarce right now. So don't, no, don't freak out if you don't have access, but do your best to either get fresh or frozen fruits and vegetables, you know, at least four servings every day, but optimally we'd be getting six to eight and eat consistently, eat regularly. Um, Don't eat too late at night. Uh, For those of you who are interested, things like intermittent fasting can actually mean that you're, instead of eating three meals plus snacks a day, you're eating twice a day and it has been shown to prevent and reduce inflammation. So there are some creative ways that we can kind of work with the situation to our best advantage. If intermittent fasting is not your thing, that's fine too. Make lots of soups, you know, do things that are simple and healthful, but nourishing and keep a rhythm. Great time, Ditto. great time to try intermittent fasting out. I think it's interesting, right? <laughs> and then, you know, make sure you're getting sleep. It's really easy to get lost in the rabbit hole of, you know, binge watching Netflix and all of a sudden you realize it's midnight and you're still waking up at six in the morning. We need to get seven hours of sleep a night. So it's really, really important. And even if you're out there, you know, and you, you know, economics require you to keep going to your day job or night job or you're a healthcare worker. We can't be heroes right now because if we get sick, we're spreading it to other people, but also that takes us out of the work that we need to keep doing. So take care of yourself. Um, er, uh, Let's start with supplements. So nutritionally, as far as what supplements are really kind of, if you had to pick three, I would say the top three that we can feel confident about their safety and also have enough scientific studies to say this is worth bothering with in this time. Even though we don't know it's specifically helpful, you know, helpful for preventing SARS-CoV-2 or getting sick with COVID-19 or getting very sick, why not support your immune system? And those three are zinc, and in, in this order, zinc, vitamin D, and vitamin C. And I give all the dosing over on my website, um, Jason, so it's easy to, you know, I know we have limited time. I won't go into all the dosing. But the nice three, the nice thing about those three is they're safe for anyone at any age. They're, uh, you know, as long as you do age-appropriate dosing, they're safe during pregnancy and safe during breastfeeding. So they really cover the gamut. And I've, that's what I'm recommending to my patients. Although, honestly, I'm really not, taking any extra supplements right now. I'm just eating well and you know, I have the good fortune of working from home so I can kind of shelter in place to some extent. But I don't feel like you should freak out if you can't find these supplements on your store shelves or at Amazon. Just do your best, you know, with what you can find. For me, I'm uh, definitely, <laughs> you know, I, I, I say I'm not one who really struggles with anxiety, but you know, I'm a little bit on edge. And for me, what's helped, you mentioned vitamin D. We actually have a, a hemp product at my buddy green with vitamin D, which you mentioned vitamin D, which I have definitely increased my consumption of. <laughs> yeah, and, and it and, definitely you know, helps. It's a really good point that you bring up. I mean, 
so many of us are really feeling anxious right now. I mean, it hit me last night. My daughter is in LA. She um, officially got the shelter in place, like the actual, like, this is a legal thing and it's a misdemeanor if you don't do it. So they're allowed to go to the grocery store, medical appointments for emergency or, or, you know, like a regular medical appointment. And they're allowed to take walks. You just have to keep six feet apart from people. And you know, that's, it's, it's scary to hear your kid or to be facing that. And you guys, I mean, you're in Brooklyn, you're in the epicenter. My son and his wife and two kids are there. Um, but also yesterday it was really emotional for me. I did an Instagram live and you know, when people come on Instagram live, they're like, hi from California. Hi from New York. Hi. And it was like, hi from Norway. Hi from Spain. Hi from Moscow. I, I started crying on my Instagram live. I mean, I think that this, Time is causing us so much anxiety, and as much as we can do to connect with each other is is so powerful. But also, you mentioned hemp. So hemp, CBD, lavender oil, chamomile, lemon, uh, lemon balm. Um, there are so many wonderful herbs that we can use. All of you who bought adaptogens or like a reishi mushroom, and they're still sitting on your shelf in your kitchen or your pantry, this is a great time. Adaptogens support the immune system, and all the medicinal mushrooms are also adaptogens. So I'm putting them into that category, but ashwagandha, reishi, holy basil, really, really beautiful right now for supporting anxiety, mood, but also helping to keep that immune system really, really um, primed and well responsive. And then some other herbs that we can use that I say, you know, like worth their weight in salt in terms of trying them for prevention would be echinacea and astragalus. Again, no data for SARS-CoV-2, but we know that for a common cold and coronavirus is a common cold virus. Um, That's one of the viruses that causes the common cold. Um, Echinacea and astragalus do have benefits as does, as do the adaptogens. So um, I, on my website have a beautiful, astragalus miso soup that you could also turn into a bone broth recipe or turn into a chicken soup. Um, uh, tinctures work really well. You know, right now it's more just about accessing them. Um, the access can be a little bit more tough right now. A lot of places are running out of supplies and, um, or, or are really slow to do fulfillment. But one of my favorites that I'm actually taking every night right now is lavender oil. And you just get, it's 81 milligrams. You don't want to dose with like um, a lavender oil out of an essential oil bottle. It's a very specific product, but the dose is 81 milligrams. And that has really nice studies behind it. And I can tell you personally, it's just incredibly effective for a good night's sleep. um, And especially when your sleep is disrupted by anxiety. So, yeah. I I just, I love the scent of lavender. I I always have. (laughs) Well, it's really funny because the only known side effect of the lavender oil capsules is that you get a lavender tasting burp. It's it's actually really weird and funny. It's like, oh, wait, I think I just burped flowers. (laughs) (laughs) So, so much of this discussion has been around strengthening the immune system. And And I can't help to think of, you know, a lot of people in our community who struggle with autoimmune. And so, What's your advice to those people who do struggle with autoimmune and how to help weather the storm? Yeah, it's a huge um, issue for so many Americans and particularly women who tend to struggle more with autoimmune disease. We're more susceptible for a variety of reasons. And of course, because I wrote the book that talks about Hashimoto's, I hear a lot of um, concerns in in my own social media and and inbox. So I actually responded by doing a full blog, which covers 
like seven different autoimmune conditions and a lot of, of the different autoimmune drugs. But in a nutshell, other than thyroid autoimmunity and possibly rheumatoid arthritis and inactive celiac and inactive uh, Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, people with those people seem to be at lower risk. So Hashimoto's autoimmune thyroiditis doesn't seem to be increased risk at all from SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. Uh, with celiac, Alessio Fasano said that unless you have active celiac, like you're in an active inflammatory state and you're not treated or, or um, well-controlled, then theoretically it's possible, but there's no proof. With rheumatoid arthritis, if you're on immunosuppressive medications or you're in a flare, it's possible that you're more at risk. The biggest risks seem to be with people who have type 1 diabetes, lupus, and MS. So anyone with autoimmune disease, it's totally appropriate, you know, drop an email or drop a note through the portal or however you're communicating with your healthcare provider and just say, you know, am I on a medication? And you can look in my blog too, but am I on a medication that increases my risk? What should I do? What I'm recommending folks to do right now is if you have an autoimmune disease and you also have other risks, that makes your risk even higher with autoimmune disease. But even if not, if you just have autoimmune disease, do your best to shelter in place if you can. You know, stay at home as much as possible and follow all the big precautions for avoiding exposure. If you are on an immunosuppressive medication, if you have another, uh, like one of the higher risk autoimmune diseases, then definitely this is an important time to stay at home and shelter in place. And then it's also important time if you're on an immunosuppressive medication or you're taking steroids to talk with your physician about alternatives or your personal risk. So it might be possible, for example, to lower a steroid dose or get on an alternative medication for a short time, but do not do that yourself. There are a lot of medications that you can go off of cold turkey and be fine. These are not ones. These are ones that you can have really severe rebound effects. And just to clarify, you know, I think we're talking a lot about building our immune systems right now. Most of us have healthy functional immune systems, unless you're just incredibly depleted or have a severe, severe nutritional deficiency or illness. Most of us, it's not like our immune system is a flat tire and we need to pump it up. But, and, and for many people, if you have an autoimmune condition, you, you're not immunosuppressed. You're actually sometimes immunohyperactive. So the immunosuppression is really for a specific group of people with certain medical conditions. They've been on chemotherapy. They're on immunosuppressive medications. Um, they have HIV AIDS and their immune system is not responding properly. But most of us have well-functioning immune system so we can kind of feel reassured about that and the other group i tend to think about a lot since you know our audience of my buddy green is heavily female or women who are pregnant or women yes. who are breastfeeding yes so again i have a big blog on that and i'm not trying to say that to divert people over to my website just because i know we have limited time and i've spent a lot of time writing about that for you know for those of you listening one thing about this virus for, I don't know like what else to say, but somehow like a miracle or the grace of the universe, it seems to be largely sparing children, babies, newborns, and pregnant women. It does not mean that those people cannot get sick. And it does mean that uh, you still need to follow 
all the precautions. But for whatever reason, we've had fewer cases and fewer severe cases in that population. So that right off the bat is kind of like you can let your shoulders drop from your ears at least halfway if you're pregnant or have a little one right now. Um, we do know that um, there has been no evidence of virus found in amniotic fluid, in umbilical cord blood. We're not passing it through what's called vertical transmission, which is mom to baby during pregnancy or at the time of birth. And it hasn't been found in breast milk either. So any babies that are getting it afterward are getting it through exposure to someone who has the virus or is sick. And so far, I'm knocking wood, as my great-grandma would say, my great-grandma from Brooklyn, um, babies have not been getting very, very sick. Newborns have been largely spared. We also know so far from the data that we have, which is still limited, we're only a few months into this, that there has not been an increased rate of miscarriage or stillbirth. And the little studies that we have on the numbers of preterm births Actually, um, when they've been put through further, like deeper statistical analysis, it does not seem that those were due to the infection. It seems they were due to other reasons. In fact, some have been thought to be due to medically caused reasons from going to the hospital or doctor's office um, and getting procedures or other things done. So iatrogenic rather than from the virus. So right now, if you're pregnant, um, keep up your prenatal vitamin Make sure to stay on folic acid. If you're trying to conceive, this is a really important time to get on folic acid because one thing that we have seen from really large studies, I'm talking of studies like 70,000 women, um, not with COVID, but in the, in the past, looking at the implications of fever in pregnancy, there's a lot of fear that a pregnant woman getting a fever is putting her, not she's not putting, but the fever is putting the baby at risk of birth defects like heart defects, and neural t defects. That's actually controversial and inconclusive, but what we do know is that women who are taking at least 400 micrograms of folic acid or methylfolate around the time of conception and through first trimester, that risk seems to be mitigated entirely for those babies. And we also know that if you do get a fever during pregnancy, if there is risk of these defects and problems, it's in first trimester and typically only with a fever of 102.2 or higher, which is 39 degrees Celsius. But that said, we also know that if a mom is pregnant and takes Tylenol for the fever, then that also completely mitigates the risk of any of those defects. So, you know, I have an article on my website about the concerns about Tylenol during pregnancy, but right now, the benefits of reducing that fever if you do get sick. And that's whether it's a flu or COVID-19 or something else um, outweigh the risks right now for short-term use. And then if you do get sick, um, it's really important to just, you know, pay attention to your symptoms. If you're having shortness of breath, if your symptoms are getting worse, it's absolutely a time to um, either call your midwife doctor or OB, you know, OB or family doctor or call emergency services if you need to and let them know I'm pregnant and I think this is happening. They'll, they'll tell you exactly what to do. So any closing advice, words of wisdom for everyone listening and you just, you know, trying to manage this? Yeah, I, I just want to add to I forgot with breastfeeding, the CDC at this point absolutely recommends continuing breastfeeding. And if you're pregnant, I mean, so if you're breastfeeding, even if you have COVID-19, 
Um, over in my blog, I talk about the as podcast to talk about the precautions that you can take if you're breastfeeding and have it to prevent um, giving it to baby. You know, words of wisdom. I mean, honestly, I really wish I had them. What I think for me right now is keeping me centered. And this is like sort of how life floats my boat is I'm finding that being giving and being generous and giving of my time and checking in with others is helping me to make use of a time, use of the time I have in a way that feels good. It keeps me from dwelling on the the gloom and doom of it. So just, I keep just trying to find ways to reach out and give and serve. And at the same time, we all have to remember to replenish ourselves. There is absolutely no right way to feel right now. And I think just giving ourselves permission to feel how we feel is also incredibly important. I love that. You know, you have to, it's a balance. You have to be informed. You have to be aware and it's okay to feel into that anxiety, to feel into to that, that unknown and embrace it. It's so hard, but it's okay. And that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And you know, the things like it's, it's really important to stay up on the media right now and stay up on what's going on in your area, but it's so it's so addictive in a way to get cycled into those 24 hour news cycles. And each time you read the same thing over and over, it's like it amplifies the fear. So it's also okay to just check in, you know, check in in, in the once a day or twice a day to the news that you might need to know, but don't sort of like keep watching the numbers because it's only going to cause us to have more anxiety and fears. I don't want you to put your head in the sand, but like that balance you're talking about, Jason is so important. Agreed. Well, Aviva, thank you so much for all that you're doing and all the goodness you're spreading on all of your platforms. And to, to everyone listening, thanks so much for tuning in. We're with you and signing off with virtual hugs and lots of gratitude. Thanks so much. <laughs>